The contents of this show are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Any information on the show does not create a client-therapist relationship and should not be taken as professional advice. Before making any decisions regarding your health care, ask your personal physician or mental health care professional or call 911 for any emergencies. We are three friends exploring connection from the coffee shop to the podcast studio. I'm Amy. I'm Anna. I'm Erin. Hey, yo. Hey. The last episode the of last the season. Episode. Wow. Whoa. Crazy, huh? Holy cow. Wow. Well, what a great way to wrap it up with having Ariel in yeah. studio mm-hmm. and that interview. And now we get to talk about the nuggets that came up. And yeah, Nuggetville. Nuggetville. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yes. Before we get into it, I do have... A review to read. <laughs> what? No way. Can you believe it? No. This is, is, it a, is it a five star? <laughs> oh my gosh, it is. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh I know. Oh my goodness. All right. This is from Red Fred. And the title is Fun and Exciting. This trio is amazing. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) They really made me stop and think about connection and friends, provided awesome commentary, and made me laugh. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Red Fred. Fred. High five. Keep those uh, reviews and five-star ratings coming. We love them. We are so appreciative, and it's literally the easiest way to help us out. Yeah. So thank you so, so much. You want to get out of debt, I can help you get out of debt so fast. So get yourself hooked up with the Debt-Free Roadmap, and it will walk you through all the steps. I want to help you get to where you want to be. DebtFreeRoadmap.com So. The episode. Yeah. What a great. Oh, my gosh. She's I lo- amazing. Ariel, so She's a good just, nugget. So, like, easy to talk to. Yeah. She's quite so a presence about her. Mm-hmm. She really like does. Like to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what do you think, Erin? Where are we? What? Well, you... I want to dive into the, if we could hold on to one memory from your life forever. Yeah. What, what would do that, you got? What, what would it be? What do you got? I would say when in 2000, the summer of 2014, I went to Europe to visit my friend Ruth and her husband, Ben. And Ben and I set off to hike around Mount Blanc. And so we hiked around half of Mount, well, we got lost, one. And then we hiked, so you start in Chamonix, France, and then you hike through France and Italy and Switzerland. And so um, (laughs) we got lost somewhere in there. And then we got other to the other side directly across, and there's a tunnel that goes under. So we got there. I think it's Cormier is the city in Italy. And so Ben was like, I can't go anymore. And so then he left me, and I was by myself for two and a half days, I'm hiking the rest of it Whoa. and it was the most glorious thing of my entire life Whoa. it was like a profound wow. sense of freedom of being like i don't know where i am and i'm on top of these mountain passes hiking around mount blanc by myself and it was so oh, wow. amazing wow. such a sense of freedom and then i got into i think it was <laughs> so you stay in all these like little huts around 
these refugios, which is awesome because you could be hiking and you get to the top of a pass or something. And then there's like espresso waiting for you. It's so good. Uh-huh. And oh, so it's awesome. amazing. And so you're hiking through all this thing. And I get to this place. It's like late. I've been hiking all day long. And I get to the thing at the cold bomb was this refugio. And there was a little French woman who did not speak. She was I don't know how old she was, but she looked like she was like 90 and she was probably five, two and the boss of the place. They had this little basset hound and then there were these two old men that stood behind her because they knew that she was the boss. They didn't say anything the whole time. And she was like really stern and really firm and we could not communicate. And so she makes the meal and I had to get this Swiss dad to speak with her and then finally she like sat down next to me and was talking about was talking so I could understand kind of the basics of what she was saying and somehow I communicated to her that I was hiking this by myself and this woman who was like pretty stern the whole time it like lit up because she was like so happy that I was finishing Um, and so it was that was such a good moment but it was great it was really fun to hike with Ben because I didn't I hadn't spent a lot of time with him my friend's husband but then to be by myself was like Wow. That was probably my favorite memory I've ever had. Wow. That's incredible. It was Mm -hmm. amazing. And what a unique place to be hiking by yourself. It was awesome. And it's like, you know, when you get into Italy, because there was all these like really extravagant, like women with like just like swimming suit tops on and (laughs) hiking. And like, so like every country you could tell that you were in a different country because of how the people showed up. Yeah. But like being able to get espresso and some chocolate and keep on going is Uh, like, uh, I would do, I want to do it again, but go slower because I did it in four and a half days and it was just, it's a lot of miles to go. Sounds like a Um, grind. Yeah. How Uh, many miles? A hundred and seven. Wow. And so I would... Yeah, I'd definitely take longer to just like enjoy the time. Yes. It was glorious. So that's what I got. got? That's amazing. That is. So I'm not entirely sure what, but I'm just going with the first thing that popped in my head. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine that I ever would forget these moments, but definitely when my kids were born, Mm -hmm. like the just holding this new baby, mm. you know, and that like came out of that my body, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I had two C-sections. Mm-hmm. So it was a different experience than I guess if you have a like vaginal birth. But mm-hmm. I don't know what that experience is because I didn't have it. But anyway, it was like holding, looking at the faces of my babies, mm-hmm. that first within the first hour mm. was um it's hard for me to even put words around it yeah but that, sure. that's <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's the the whole episode bringing about in the light right yeah and uh, little babies yeah. bringing in the light for yeah. sure oh my gosh mm-hmm. good connection hey i'm yeah. taking yeah. some tips from you <laughs> <laughs> learning, learning. Huh? Yep. yeah yeah i was so drugged up from my c-section like it started as a regular like a, it was going to be a birth center birth oh yeah and then it i ended up like three days later having a c-section all drugged yep. up and so by the time my son was there I was like, fuck, I'm out. I'm passed out. Like, Mm -hmm. so I feel really like cheated about that. Mm -hmm. You know, it sucks. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want to have that magical moment too. Mm -hmm. So mine wasn't all magic by any means. But I mean, like, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was so out of it that it wasn't like, it was like, hey, here's your son. And Mm -hmm. like, like it was just so like a haze. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's about But maybe yours is just a little bit later. 
Yeah. Like, I think yeah. there is like True. a ridiculous amount of pressure around women and like the glories of childbirth. Ugh. And like, <laughs> I did not have a glorious birth. I also labored for, I think, well, it was over 48 hours for my son mm -hmm. and it was like failure to progress. Yes. And that's so the same thing that happened to me. heart rate starts dropping and it was like. High five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet you could have done that perfect high five. Oh, let's try again. No. Try it again. Try again. I will not. <laughs> so, Protest. like, we went into, I had an emergency C-section for him. And then for my daughter, I really wanted to try the vaginal uh, oh, V-back. Yeah. So I did that. I labored and I, you know, got to like a nine or something. But then her heart rate plummeted. And oh. so that was an even bigger emergency than mm. my son. So I was like, I had an epidural, but they... The medical staff, you know, was like lights on immediately. They turned me so that I was on like all fours. Mm -hmm. And then we, I was on my hospital bed and they were like running me down the hall to the OR. Whoa. Whoa. It was very scary. Wow. Yeah. So I think like maybe in some of it, like, and I had a lot to work through, I think, mm -hmm. because I also had this like, you know, my husband, we had this, <laughs> love that new term. I'm just going to go with that. But we had like this birth plan yeah. and Mm -hmm. Soft music playing. Yeah. I wasn't going to have any drugs. Same. Like the whole thing brought, yeah, like had like the soft lighting, uh -huh. everything. And then that is just so far from my experience. But I really mm -hmm. had to go through a grieving process to accept the fact I had put so much pressure over mm -hmm. this natural birth yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And then I was Same so here. far from that. Yeah. I had to do EMDR around yeah. it actually mm -hmm. to like. Be able to talk about it without crying. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, it's I, I traumatic. And it, yeah, I mean, talk about, man, the pressures of motherhood. It's ridiculous. Start mm. Before the kid's even born. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, big time. Crazy? Big time. Mm -hmm. Big <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. This is definitely yeah. a trauma thing. Yeah. Definitely. So, yours, your experience was like, it, was it delayed or was it like when you first held your kids? So for my firstborn, so C-section, whatever, they bring them and... The husband went with him outside the room and and then I got to hold him mm. for the first time. So I never did that skin to skin that everybody talks about, but it was just like this holding him. And I, I, I have this picture, actually, but I had this tear in the corner mm. of my eye because it was just like he was he was here. He was mm. like he was like in the light. And mm -hmm, he yeah. I mean, it, it was just incredible. It was like seeing his face it was nothing to do it was awful leading mm -hmm. up to that you know but then seeing his face and i don't know mm -hmm. it was just he was here and then my daughter for her the moments it was like let me think about like that one so that also i had to get wheeled away so her the time from when i got to hold her i think was a little bit longer Mm. because, you know, I had a lot of drugs and ugh. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just their little faces, like mm -hmm. holding that, you know how they swaddle them yes. so tight? Yes. And like that feeling. Mm -hmm. I think I think it was like seeing their face and then holding them in my arms, mm -hmm. like in that tight swaddle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just like, whoa. And I actually, I wonder, as I'm talking about this, if, is it that... It's like it was so traumatic or it was so not at anything like I expected. I wonder if seeing their faces, there was a bit, I'm sure there was a bit of relief mm -hmm, that I mm -hmm. was having. Like, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, you know, they made it through. It's going to be okay. It's going to yeah. be okay. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. But either We're, way, my babies. Babies. My babies. Yeah, so mine, the if I could hold on to one memory from my life forever, what would it be? Um, one of the things that really stands out is... <laughs> I wasn't going to say this, but after I gave birth and they wouldn't let me eat because it was like an emergency situation. And that first bite of food after (laughs) was so good. It was like this hospital breakfast burrito. And it was like literally the most amazing thing in my entire life. Okay, that's not my answer. My answer. (laughs) I was going to say. But it was literally the best food of my entire life. It was so good because I was so hungry and just hadn't eaten for days. Oh, it was so good. But the thing that really stands out is we were in Costa Rica. I had earned this trip through this company I was with. And it was this all expenses paid trip. It was such at this wonderful place. And there was this like karaoke night. And Henry was with us. You know and how I feel about karaoke first. Yeah. yeah love know. it. And yes! so it was just this fun night and the beautiful weather. And Henry has kind of had some different social struggles. And it was this night. We had had such a fun day. And he got out there and started dancing his oh. butt off. And he and everyone was clapping for the karaoke people and cheering them on. But he thought the the applause was for him. Oh. And it was like so sweet. And he was just like, well, watch these moves. You like that? Oh. And he's like this little three and a half year old just busting these moves. Like I oh. am killing it. And just like the joy on his face. And like he was just having the time of his life. And then just like seeing him like kind of come out of his shell and just like, oh, he was just so present. It was like one of the sweetest things ever. It was mm-hmm. so, so That's cool. so great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, here we are. Here we are. Right? Yeah. So, I found a great quote. So, the wound is the place where the light enters you by Rumi. And so, we interviewed Ariel and her podcast is called Beauty and the Grit. And on the homepage of the podcast, when I was looking up stuff for this show, it says, reap what you need, which was like a... What's the opposite? Like if it's a punch in the gut, but in a good way, you know, like it lands well, mm. you know, how would it, what yeah. is that? Where you're like, oh, that's like a resonates. Like a truth bomb. Yeah. And so what did you call it? Because your word is way cooler than my word. Truth bomb. <laughs> truth bomb. <laughs> truth bomb for oh, sure. Oh, resonates? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's> truth bomb. <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm just like super young and hip. So you I know so so hip. Yeah. All right. So it's beautiful and it feels nurturing. So wait, what, wait, let me just what, back you up for yeah. a second. So did you did reap what you need? Yeah. That saying that, from Ariel. Yeah. That one is what's what the, yeah, resonated. I was like, or? Oh, that's so good. Cause there's yeah. this like beautiful picture over her where it's like she has some sort of dress on and she's like gazing off, but it's from mm. her back, I think. And then it's like reap what you need. And so I think it's just super nurturing in the way that I mean, that's how life should be. Like, Mm -hmm. whatever you need for it to allow it to come in, Mm -hmm. I think is... I was also listening. That also made me think. I was listening. I was watching Eat, Pray, Love this weekend, Mm -hmm. the movie. And when she was in Italy and they were in that scene in the barbershop and that man was talking about how... He was saying something about like Americans, blah, 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 whatever about Americans and like Americans need, feel like they need to earn a break. Mm. And she, he was like, Italians just know that they deserve one. Mm. Uh, and so it's kind of like uh, mm. in the same vein as that. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow. So what does that mean? What is that? How does that sit with all of you? Reap what you need. Yeah. I think it's really, you know, during my 
current reinvention of self, I feel <laughs> like it's so interesting to think about that or to ask a question mm-hmm. like that rather than think about what everyone else needs mm-hmm. and yeah. how can I, you know, change what I'm doing or how I am for other people's needs. And instead it's like, wait a second, like, what do I need Mm -hmm. and how can I go get it? And then also just, I think it's so freeing. Mm -hmm. Like what I love about kind of the stage of my life that I'm in right now is like, I don't really care right now about what many people think of me or, you know, like this, I don't know. It's just like, it is so liberating because it's like, oh my God, like so many people don't know my side of a story or so many people make assumptions or, Mm -hmm. you know, they, what, and it's like, you know what? You just believe what you want to believe. Like I know who I am. Ultimately it doesn't matter what they think. No. And it's like, why do I, why do I want that? Like Mm -hmm. if I am reaping what I need, I need my people, my support. Mm -hmm. I need connection. I want positivity. I want love. I want honesty. You know, like all this stuff. It's like, I want the light. I don't want secrets and games and, you know, it's like, so I I guess like for me, it's just so, it is liberating. Mm -hmm. Reap what you need and then giving myself the permission to find out what is it that I need. Mm -hmm. How about you, Anna? Gosh, you know, like, it seems like the ultimate in self-care. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, like, ask for what you need and be willing to accept it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's two different sides of like, yeah, sure, I want to ask for what I need or pay attention to what I need, but then accepting it Mm -hmm. and saying I'm worthy of these things I think I need and deserve. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a totally two separate things. So it's I think just, my friend, my friend's a yoga, Katie is a yoga teacher and she always talks about like in the yoga class, like if you're going to take a break, like own it. And yeah, don't, well, I like, do that all yes, the time. But, but it's like yeah. whatever, yeah. like if you're going to take something or you're going to receive something, you're going to accept it and just like mm-hmm. let it all come in. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's something, a theme that's coming up throughout this entire season Yes, is, you know, being worthy of love and being worthy of like taking up space and being yeah. worthy of mm-hmm. like your inherent worth, you know, yeah. like so in a lot of ways, that's what it means to me is like, take it, take what you need and like create what you need and accept what you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. And take up the space. I love that. I think the whole concept is pretty powerful. And I think that do you want to go on to the what you were saying about grit and like it's so what I take from that. So there's been when I was researching, there is so much stuff on grit, which it's been a buzzword. It's a huge because there's been a lot of research or whatever. But I think and there's been a lot of research on like kids that are in hard situations and like they don't need any more grit in their life to be able to learn. They need nurturing and love. But so but people need grit and they talk about it with entrepreneurs and all this sort of stuff. But how I interpret this is that I feel like grit in terms of uh, all of this is that it equates much more to like the darkness of things or like Mm. the hard part of things rather than perseverance. And Mm. so like grit is like the sooty kind of residue that stays with things or like when you're in the thick of it like the you're gritting and I guess that's perseverance on some level but it feels like more of like because Ariel talked about 
how underneath the darkness there's the light and i think yeah. that's much more of how it resonates with me mm. huh interesting i don't know how that or a truth bomb santa yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah so i looked it up quick while you were talking and i was not paying attention apparently <laughs> so that happens a lot <laughs> wikipedia yeah. says grit in psychology is a positive non-cognitive trait based on an individual's perseverance of effort combined with the passion for a particular long-term goal or end state a powerful motivation to achieve an objective. And distinct but commonly associated concepts within the field of psychology include perseverance, hardiness, resilience, ambition, need for achievement, and conscientiousness. So, interesting. Mm -hmm. I definitely think about the perseverance when I hear the word grit. Mm -hmm. I think it makes me go to parenting, like to see the pendulum swinging. And parenting and education, I guess, where... You know, it's like everybody getting a trophy and mm-hmm. like that whole thing and so much that praise. That makes me like uh, want to lurch. I know. Everyone but it was getting like, a trophy. But that is, Not I think, how that. a whole group of kids, you no, know, absolutely. like grew up. But, you know, it's just that pendulum. And so then it's like, okay, we can't have everybody getting trophies. Mm-hmm. Now we need grit. You right. know? And then the grit goes back. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, but wait, not every kid needs grit, grit. because they have enough of it, too yes, much of it much at of their life. home yeah. or wherever else in their life. And so then it's like uh, nurturing. And so, again, I think the pendulum the is balance, a good thought of that, right? yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, but... And really, I mean, if we look at this in the most positive light, the goal with the swinging pendulum is we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, isn't yeah. that great? I yes. mean, and there's a lot of fucked up shit, obviously, too, but, like, the it's a noble goal of a trying go- yes. to get it right for the kids and, yeah. right. and ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's, like, I mean, you know, who knows if it's going to settle... Or not, but right. but I think you're right, Anna. I think that's a really good point. Like there, the you effort, think you can teach grit in terms of perseverance. So I think that this is something I think about quite a bit mm-hmm. because with like highly sensitive children, there is like a nurturing component, mm-hmm. or like when children display anxiety or things like that, mm-hmm. and it's like I think about that for myself. Like, gosh, how do I nurture? And not enable. Mm-hmm. Or am I enabling? Or am I not? And sometimes I'm like, please, someone just tell me. Like, I'm doing right. the best I can here. And, right. you know, I don't know. I don't have that answer. I think that a person can try to, you know, like, so scaffolding is a term in mm-hmm. education where, like, you can scaffold a child's learning so that they've got some support as they continue to grow and go through struggles of learning mm-hmm. or go through challenges of learning, but you are supporting them as they go. And sometimes I think, okay, well, how how is that done emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, and, and can how, what's the best way to scaffold, you know? And mm-hmm. then I think... But then I don't know. I do think there's a lot of value in, I mean, think of all the stories there are of the human experience Mm -hmm. of people growing up with tough situations or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, disadvantages. And some of those human experiences are that they then turn their life around, Mm -hmm. work their tails off and, you know, accomplish whatever Whatever it it is, is, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think just being an American mm-hmm. and like the American, like the American dream, American dream. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, like the American dream, you know, it's like that is like a big the part of our riches. Yeah. And the, that's a the big hardship part of, to yes. glory. And I, I feel like that's a big part of our identity as an American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, but I don't know. I don't know about, I don't have a... <laughs> What was your question again? I don't have an answer to that question. Can what you, do you think? I mean, as like yeah, a what therapist, was the question again? Can you teach grit? Yeah, I don't know if you can or not. I think that sometimes people don't necessarily have it, and then they go through a hard time, and then they understand like they're like forced up against the mm-hmm. wall and have to do something different. I also think that I have a lot of it, and when people around me do not have it, it is like. When I'm human, not in my not in therapist mode, in regular mode, it's like an eye rolling thing. Like, come on, dude! Like, push yourself. Come on. Yeah. And so I lose my patience with that sometimes. But I also think that there's like highly sensitive people. I also think like now that if we're taking like nervous system states, I think that people are often dysregulated that don't have it, and so yeah. they get into this like hypo arousal of their yeah. nervous state, and then they get dissociated and lethargic and checked out and unmotivated and tired and whatever. Because ultimately, like as we're talking about it, I'm thinking is that people want to like strive to do the best that they right. can, and I think that people are doing the best they can, and I think when they can't find enough oomph or like there's it's not there, I I think that the people are dysregulated, and so. When I'm in my logical brain, then I think like, of course, people like we can you can learn to be regulated and push. I do think people have different thresholds for that or like or where they are. I don't know where their wounding is, too, I guess. But then when I'm in it and in my life, like and I need someone to like push and they can't, it doesn't make me that happy. Mm -hmm. So the idea of teaching grit, I don't know that you can necessarily teach grit, but I think you can teach getting back up. And like, which is a va- that is a va- like bathroom floor moments are those. I think that that is super valuable. What do you yes. mean bathroom floor? Like oh. when you're on your fucking bathroom floor oh. and you're like, I I can't. I see. Pull my. I gotta pull myself up. I see. Yeah. I had some serious. Actually, mine was the closet floor yeah. moments. So in a lot the of people last... have closet floor moments. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just got. I mean, that's one thing where I feel like for all of you who have had. The bathroom floor moments or the closet right. floor moments. It's like you are not alone. Right. You're not alone, no matter how much you feel that at that moment. Right. And There's a premium hug waiting for you on oh, the other end somewhere. of somewhere. Yes. Yeah, it's so true. Okay, so I found on BigLifeJournal.com. I love those, by the way. So Have good. Have them for my kids. So good. There are nine activities to build grit and resilience in children. And so gritty people have a growth mindset. When bad things happen, they don't give up. And that is a quote by Angela Duckworth. And she has a TED Talk on grit. And apparently grit is one of the most important predictors of success. And I guess this TED Talk went viral in 2013. And she even has a book called mm-hmm. Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's all about teaching get back up, like, you know, knowing when to quit, but also knowing when to get back up and not giving up just because it's hard or, like, because you don't want to do it. It's like a lot of times we have to do shit we don't want to do. Totally. I think that's partially why I ultra run, because uh, oh, it's yeah. like a physical representation of that whole process like you go through these roller coasters mm. of emotions and how you phys- how they physically feel but then when you cross the finish line it's like oh all that shit was worth it yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well and i do think in terms of can you teach grit there is curriculum 
There are books published. Mm. There's so much around the growth mindset right now mm-hmm. in school. Like that is a huge mm-hmm. trend and has been. Right. And I think, I don't know, actually, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what kind of results mm-hmm. are coming in from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. There's a quote just thinking about like being on the bathroom or the closet floor and mm-hmm. being in that state of desperation. And, you know, the idea of getting back up. There's a quote by Winston Churchill that says, when you're going through hell, keep going. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. why don't stop in the middle of the hell? Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. like keep going no matter what, like, like keep going. There is, it might not feel like it, but there's light at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and I, mean, I mean, I cried for a while yeah. and then I got up. Yeah, it's okay to sit yeah. in it. Yeah, yes. and I didn't. And, and it's important to feel those yeah, feelings. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. I think so too. But mm-hmm. then you just yeah, you get up because right. like if you don't deal with it, it's going to keep coming back. Like yes. you literally, there's not an easy way. Shit to, comes out sideways. Yeah, if you're you not don't deal with it. There's not like a quick fix life hack of dealing with fucking bullshit <laughs> life. Right. Crying. My favorite thing of life hacks. I know are you, my favorite. I know you love no, life hacks. Not. I have to say uh-huh. that is exactly exposing light on the darkness. Yeah. Yes. So I feel like there is, you know, that was a huge topic that came out of the interview and Aaron is pointing at Did the quote. Oh yes, here. Sometimes that one. The dance between up. Oh, hold on. Hey. Okay, found it. So in terms of uncovering the darkness so that we can get to the light because the light is underneath, there's a quote here by C Joy Bell. See, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. The dance between darkness and light will always remain. The stars and the moon will always need the darkness to be seen. The darkness will just not be worth having without the moon and the stars. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's good. Yep. There so is like a we... dance between darkness and light, but mm-hmm. I think about like, you know, crying on that in my closet on the floor, and to me that was. I don't know if that was bringing light to the darkness or if it was the getting up part that was bringing. But either way, to feel that shit and like... It's important. Yeah. And then call one of you or call, you know, connect somehow. Then that was the exposure of the light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's like, you know, like you talked about with the trail running Mm -hmm. and the marathon running. Is that what you would call it? Ultra running. Ultra running. (laughs) it's like if you don't have those valleys then Mm -hmm. the highs don't feel as good it's Mm -hmm. like you know that birth experience with that darn breakfast burrito that thing tasted so good because i hadn't had it for so long so like yeah food Mm -hmm. so like it just feels so much better when you have those valleys like they serve a purpose but then if you you think about the metaphor of the valleys like there's there's water in the valleys there is like growth in the valleys Mm -hmm. it's like green in the valley like that's where animals are like in terms of and so there's all this like like fertile soil in the valley that's where like all crops grow are Mm -hmm. in valleys and so then you can't live on top of the mountain and then you need to like re- Fill your water bottle back up in the in the valley, <laughs> yeah. or like grow your plants or whatever. So yeah. that, and I think those are those moments when point. you can pick up yourself off yeah. the bathroom floor. But we need to stay in them to 
figure out yeah. what what we, do we need to learn from this? What is happening? So I'm curious I, about wait, what... Wait, I just yeah. got to say, yes. there's a lot that we could do about this valley metaphor. Yeah, go because ahead. the other thing I'm thinking is like the peaks on both sides of those valleys, mm-hmm. you know, it is dark for a longer amount of time. And then the sun comes up and over and the light mm-hmm. shines down. But that period of darkness is definitely there yeah, in the absolutely. valleys. And yeah. then, you know, then the light is exposed and mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. we'll have to put up a picture well, of a beautiful that's right. valley yeah that's a really Colorado situation I know. that's right yeah right there's valleys there's in a lot a whole, of places oh that's true right that's yeah true. but I mean especially here well especially here yeah mm-hmm. big mountain <laughs> Colorado mm-hmm. wins you guys yeah. <laughs> the best right. day ever so sometimes people call the darkness those times when you're in like the darkness and the struggle, the dark night of the soul. And so the dark night of the soul is often has a religious connotation, but I don't think it needs to be. It can be just some sort of existential crisis or some sort of like huge monumental shift that's happening in life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so maybe other people have other opinions about that, but just as for talking points. Right. Sure. And so the dark, what is the dark night? Have we had a dark night? This is a question for all of us here. Mm -hmm. And then what does that look like for you? Hmm. So, yeah, I've had um, a few dark nights for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Just moments like when I was in right before I decided to get out of debt, like it hurt so bad Mm -hmm. that it was like, there's no way I can keep doing what I'm doing. Also, when I was in the postpartum stage after my son, I remember talking to someone helping me and just started crying. Like, is it always going to be like this? Mm -hmm. And I was just so it was so dark. And those moments, um, I feel like they were necessary because they were the jumping off point for me making change Mm -hmm. and like realizing maybe, hey, I need to ask for help here or something. Whatever I'm doing isn't working like that pain had a purpose in those moments. And honestly, I had to get especially with my debt situation, I had to get to where it hurt bad enough that sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. Like I was so sick of my shit. I didn't know what the hell you know, this getting out of debt thing was going to look like you're doing the spending fast. But I was like, this shit I'm doing is not working. So I'm willing to take the risk on this unknown stuff because I'm too miserable doing whatever the fuck I'm doing with my money situation. And like, thank God I did because Mm -hmm. that allowed me to make change and like take the sacrifices Mm -hmm. that I needed to, to get Mm -hmm. out of debt, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about you two? Oh boy. Yeah. I (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not Amy. Nah. No, there's no. been no dark nights, especially lately. Yes, I've had a few of them, quite a few. Mm-hmm. I think for me, so what I'm thinking of is my college boyfriend, you know, he was awesome. He is awesome. But he was in a really bad skiing accident, mm-hmm. and that was an extremely difficult time when mm-hmm. I was really young. You know, we were just out of college. Actually, I graduated the summer that he started recovering from that accident. And that was... Did you talk about that this season mm-hmm. or last season? I did talk about yeah. it this season. This season? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. And actually, I talked about it in the very beginning oh, because right. Brian and Kelsey oh, yeah, yeah, had yeah, that yeah, story. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, that was really a dark time. And what I have realized about myself is that I think I go to this a little bit, like, I don't know if it's the disassociation mm-hmm. or, or what shock or I don't know yeah. what exactly is happening, but I just get into this mode of 
go, 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 work, like, like, mm-hmm. Not fix, 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 but kind of, mm-hmm. I guess, or like just this as like a distraction or survival, survival, yeah, yeah, yeah survival for sure. So yeah, so that was definitely dark nights, uh-huh. and then leaving that relationship was yeah. also very, very, very dark, mm-hmm. and. I think that it was a whole process leading up to that Mm -hmm. decision and one that I knew I needed to go through Mm -hmm. and growth and change came from that Mm -hmm. decision. Mm -hmm. I another dark night. So a family member of mine, you know, is an active alcoholic and him like kind of leaving really like checking out a life Mm -hmm. was also created and again, it was like the process. Nothing, none of this happened overnight. So it was like a lot of different dark nights, I think, mm-hmm. leading up to then what ended up being major change and then consequently growth yeah, for me. The cumulative darkness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there are like pinpoint moments. You know, I remember leaving Connecticut, packing up a U-Haul truck and literally like driving out of the town that I was living mm-hmm. in with, you know, one of my best friends. Yeah, Whitney. And <laughs> and then I, you know, and then there were things with this, uh, with the active alcoholic in my family that, you know, that I vividly have some moments where, you know, I was at a jail or mm-hmm. finding information. So that was pivotal, pivotal, but, but the work then came from gradual. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then, yeah, I think going through a divorce and I think I was in shock and it was kind of like the same or a similar situation where it was not a perfect marriage by any means, but I was not ready to leave that marriage. Mm-hmm quite like my husband was. Mm -hmm. And so I was in shock and then came to find out so much information that I had no idea about. Mm -hmm. And I think that was just like, it was like days on end of darkness because it was constantly coming at me mm-hmm. and information and people being really like unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really dark. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like this gradual or the cumulative darkness, which then leads me to this place of growth change. And now, I mean, I could not be happier to be getting a divorce. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. there's just, so it's, it really, Mm -hmm. that was a really long answer. (laughs) Thorough. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my. Uh Um, I think for me, I mean, I have had. <laughs> Aaron's all, I'm gonna. Oh, well, right? Were you done? Yeah. Oh my okay, gosh, right. I'm done. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Probably Here we go. go. <laughs> right. Um, I think for me, I've had uh, plenty, plenty of dark moments, but the one that stands out the most is when I was 25. I mean, I had just visited my best friend from college in New York City. I think I told briefly the story, but not all of it. And we were standing outside of Central Park. We just got a hot dog, and she was talking about 
therapy and talking about how oh, all these people are in therapy and blah, blah. This is before I even knew I was going to be a therapist, by the way. And <laughs> the um, irony. Yeah, right. <laughs> so this right. is like, like it stands out for sure. And so, and I was like, I don't know why all these fucking people are in therapy. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is the deal? Right. And literally like almost three months to the day, I lost my shit. Ugh. And so I was living with Colleen and Doug. Thank you for letting me live with him five different times. I appreciate you. My brother, <laughs> my sister-in-law, I mean, my sister, sister my sister and my brother-in-law. But yeah, so I was living with them. I was 25 and I don't even know what I was at a training, like a trauma training. And she was like talking. And then like my history of things, it all started to like sink in. And I was like, holy shit. Like I think something is wrong with me. Wow. And then I went to work and I'd work. I was working at this transition, this place called The Road, which was a, a drop in center for 15 to 22 two-year-olds transitioning into adulthood and I was there and I was like sitting there and it was like this fog like dropped in and I was like what something is not okay and so I left work early and I didn't know what to do because I didn't want to go back to Colleen's house because I was I I didn't want to see anyone and I ended up in a King Super parking lot listening to the Moby song why does my heart feel so bad bawling in the car like like uncontrollably and unconsolably and I'm like what the hell is happening I didn't have any idea in my whole like this was like the before and after and this was like the transition into that and then I mean it was a rough that was a rough year I ended up finding a really great therapist my first one and then getting through that and working through the stuff that I needed to and then started this long process of working through all the things. I mean, definitely in like stages and with different therapists and then I've had several over the time. I definitely needed it and it's like reap what you need and so it's like being in those places. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think it was like the first time that I'd really felt anything mm-hmm. and it <laughs> it came on like a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and the lightness. Yeah, holy yeah. cow. And so, but, and then being through that, there was a lot of light underneath yeah. that. And like other people could see that in me, but I could not see that in yes. me. But that was a real, super significant because it was, I didn't know what was happening and, and there was so much shame in it that I didn't yes. feel like I could talk to anyone about it because, you know, you think that you're terminally new, unique mm-hmm. in that this has never happened to anyone and that oh, you yeah. can't share this. So, and so special. Yes. So that <laughs> that's what it was very dark and for a, a while. And what a clear moment. It's very like. clear. Yes. Very clear of like. Yes. And when I think back, I'm like, oh, like if this was a movie, the foreshadowing outside Central Park eating a fucking t- like hot yeah. dog of yeah. like, oh, this is like <laughs> shit's going to hit the fan in three months. Yeah. Three months later, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. 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 So that's what happened. You've got a I movie. just have to say, I'm so glad that we can talk about therapy yeah. and like medication and yeah. depression and mm-hmm. anxiety and all this social shit, like without the stigma that it used to have. Like, yes, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think that's one of the be- biggest things I've gotten from season two mm. is letting go of shame. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's huge. It just jinx and owe me a Coke. Uh, <laughs> it silenced me. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like even the, like there was a moment I had this season and it was like, wait, why am I not saying that I am getting a divorce? Like as if that was going to be my secret mm-hmm. forever, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, uh, nope, that's going to be like a legal thing that I will no longer be you know, hiding ma- from, yeah, yeah, hiding from mm-hmm. and the shame around it. And it's just like, I am so ready to own it and mm-hmm. just be like, 
I, I don't care if I meet someone for the first time. I actually do say sometimes like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, going through a divorce. So I, you know, I live here, blah, blah, yeah. you know, or whatever yeah. it is. But I just it's all in the hopes of like, say it. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone. There's no reason why there should be shame around all of this, especially when it's some of this experience is so fucking painful yeah and it's like and we need you people need you need people. connection you need yeah. to connect yes. you need you know to help other people and i really that is like i just want to do that you know yes well and every time either we do it or someone else does it when we share our story when we share our truth when we share our reality yeah like that helps someone else feel less alone and like mm-hmm. literally what a gift yes. that is to like own your your situation yes. and mm-hmm. say hey I feel shame around this and, yes, mm-hmm. you know, I totally get it. Well, and just a quick shout out to another podcast, mm-hmm. Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. And it's a production that Worthy.com puts on. Mm. But that was really a huge help for me is hearing other women tell their stories mm-hmm. about their mm-hmm. own divorce and just being so open about it. Mm-hmm. And so I really just, again... I feel like I say this a lot, but I'm just so grateful that our podcast, hopefully, you know, is is talking about the real stuff, Mm -hmm. not hiding from it Mm -hmm. and helping people, like helping people feel less alone. Yep. Yeah, totally. So there's this article, right, that is called Finding Your Light to Get Through Your Dark Times by Amy Dye Gorey. Yeah. Yep. And so the things to think about to help us through dark times, this is what she suggests. So when something unthinkable happens, the question isn't why, the question is who. So who are you? That's the only thing that you really need to know. Let what is inexplicable be inexplicable. You can't change what has happened to you. You can't control other people, but you can choose to let that adversity teach you something about yourself. So good. I know. Mm-hmm. Second one is if you lose everything, you are still you. So nothing that happens, no matter how bad, can erase who you are. You are always you, no matter what happens. Experiences may change you, but deep inside, there is always that shining seed of self, the blueprint of who you truly are, guaranteeing the possibility of renewal. I mean, how good is this article? Oh, so yeah. good. Yep. Um, The third part is that loss allows space for something else to take root in you. You can let it be wisdom, not bitterness. When everything else has been taken away, you have the choice to mend the pieces that are left or stay in the Shadowlands. I think Mm. the Shadowlands could also be the valley. And when you move in the direction of wholeness, the power of intention can ignite your own personal revolution. And then the fourth and final is an open mind and an open heart can turn the key. It is hard work to generate gratitude and serenity when you are suffering. Luckily, just wanting to be that kind of person can be enough. With your intentions set in the right direction, peace and contentment will find you. In persevering through my own darkness, this is what the author said, in persevering through my own darkness, I have found, call it my authentic self, my immortal soul, my core being, my heart center, my sanctuary. You can survive whatever life throws at me. I can survive whatever life throws at me. When my experience has taught me that the human capacity to endure and to do it with grace, courage, and joy does not really depend on anything outside of ourselves. Even when life seems impossible, the brilliant light 
I'm getting to it. I know. It's so good. It's so good. Right. Okay. The brilliant light inside yourself is enough to see your way through your own darkness. So we'll put this in the show notes because the article is worth a read. It's um, on the tiny Buddha, which is a great, they have great articles. So I think it's fabulous. And so moving into that. So my girl, the thug unicorn, I love her so much on Instagram. She is amazing with her words so she says bringing the light to the dark has nothing is nothing compared to the deciding what you're going to do with all that power mm. Ooh! <laughs> so good mm-hmm. so, what do you think of when you read that like what's what's the i've been talking so i want oh. a- anna go oh gosh i'm not prepared okay amy what? go <laughs> i feel like i've been talking too so what do we think when we read that? Is that like everyone has this dark thing and bringing light to it is awesome. But like then if we have this light, then I feel like it's a responsibility to then share that so that you can ignite that in others. Mm-hmm. And so starting with our first episode when Brian and Kelsey were talking about a light we share. Yes. And then ending with Ariel's like that under the dark, there is the light. So yes. there's this theme that's coming up with all this worthiness stuff and loving ourselves and the light that's coming up. And Mm -hmm. so I think those are just important things to remember that there's power in connection and sharing our light. Yeah. And so I think that's Damn. Damn. That was so good. Yes. So I think that that is what the whole season was about, really. I do too. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And like also knowing like those dark moments, like when you get out of them or, you know, walk through them, like they can serve a purpose in helping other people feel Mm -hmm. less alone. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, like the fact that you're at this place right now where you're okay to talk about the divorce and like what what it's been like and stuff like and whatever the experience may be, that's helping other people mm-hmm. feel less alone. And I mean, that right. pain serves that purpose. Right. And I think it's really interesting to think about privacy and this like keeping everything inside privacy. Don't mm-hmm. let people in, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, uh, that's not really what my style is, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And so to re-identify with mm-hmm. that and then just to know like this is the healing process mm-hmm. and there's no... This is just what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that the lightness is power. Absolutely. And it is like compassion, self-compassion. Well, and, and when you're around people that have this beaming light from within, you can feel that. And there is a lot of power. Like, I feel like just with Ariel, she has this like beaming, yeah. glowing light within her and just being in the same mm-hmm. space as her. It's super powerful. Mm-hmm. Which I think also like ties into the whole be your authentic self so that mm-hmm. you can connect. Yes. Yeah. I mean, without standing in your truth, owning your truth, having your light shine and being your authentic self, like that's where we are able to connect. Mm -hmm. And when you can unapologetically do that and you are sharing your light, I feel like it's not like you're giving it away. You are like taking your candle, lighting someone else's because they might need help with that, but you're not giving, you're just sharing Mm -hmm. it, right? Right. So we're just sharing it and that we all need that. And this is so much of what we have tried to do with the last two seasons of the podcast, I feel Mm -hmm. like. So So anyhow, so Bring it on go home. Sh- go shine your light. Yeah. Yes. So it's so the, you know, the light is shining, the importance of that, the power that we get from that, so much that we were able to take away from season two. Anna, did you, what are you thinking or how are you reflecting on the season? You know, I feel like one of the having worth and just the inherent worth is something that really shined, shown. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Grammar. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. Yeah. It's something that really stood out this season for me. Um, something else that really 
really stood out is the body stuff. And I feel like I haven't been able to be at peace with my body. And like in this effort to be authentic and true to myself and listen to my mental, you know, what's telling me meant what my mind is telling me or my heart is telling me. There's also this desire to want to listen to what my body is telling me. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I've been at a place in my life to be able to look at that until now. Mm -hmm. And like, but that feels like this idea of having a friendship really, it sounds kind of cheesy, but like to become friends with my body. And it's like, this is not this this, you know, vehicle that my soul is in, that my mind is in, that my heart is in. It's something that I can become friends with and I don't have to fight like, oh gosh, I ate the wrong thing. Oh gosh, I'm so fat now. Oh gosh, I'm too skinny now. Oh gosh, this or that. It's like this process of like, shit, what if I just listened to it and and literally became friends with it, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that for me has been such a huge takeaway from this season of how I'm like approaching life of like, literally being friends with my body and uh, not hating that motherfucker, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's That's not awesome. mm-hmm. like, it's, huge. it's not the enemy. No, like, yeah, which we is need to crazy. Be yes. And neither is food. Yeah. 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 Yep. So that's definitely my biggest takeaway. Yeah. That's powerful. Well, well, the takeaways are real. We real. hope that there was. Oh, okay. Yes, the takeaways are real. Shine your lights. Yep. Befriend your bodies and share your light. Share yes. your light. Yeah. Yeah. And you are already right this moment. And face the of darkness. Love. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got grit. Yep. Somewhere mm-hmm. in there. To Look get at there. you circling that back. You like that? You like yeah. that? Okay. We are going to finish this off with a quote here from Holly. Holly Whitaker. Holly Whitaker says, Here is what mental health isn't. Forced happiness. Being some socially acceptable idea of sane. Hiding what freaks people out from the public eye. Compartmentalizing ourselves into what wears well in public and, quote, Don't worry, I'm fine-ness. Here's what mental health is. Showing up in all our glory. With all our shit. Day after day. Trying despite all else in a world that doesn't understand us and makes characters out of us. Being who we are, as we are, no matter. Not giving fucks what the world wants us to be. Only giving fucks about what we need to be. Crying in public or crying when we need to. Feeling our feelings. Letting it be what it is. Being. Period. It's good. So good. Thank you, Holly Whitaker. That's a great way to land this plane. It is. <laughs> yes. Thank you to all of you for yeah. your support yeah. and listening. Thank you. And Thank we'll be you. back with the third season. Whoop, yeah. Whoop. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. We have a great new way for you to support the show. If you love what we're doing, go hit up the Less Alone podcast swag shop. We got so much awesome stuff. All the proceeds go to supporting the show so we can create more awesome content for you. So... What stuff did you guys get? I got the black sweatshirt and the green trucker hat. I got a white hoodie and a coffee cup. Oh, yeah. I got the hat and a shirt. It's so cute. So go there, lessalonepodcast.com, hit swag shop and get yourself hooked up. Take a picture and tag us on Instagram or any other social media and we'll... uh, We'll repost it. Yep. Thanks for listening. You can find more about this episode and a way to connect to the community at lessalonepodcast.com. 
And if you like us, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave a review. It helps other people find us and could be just what they need.